I was watching this YouTube video and it was a video by Vice about this man who had supposedly never taken acid before, right? And <laughs> he was with this, um, this, this film crew on a rooftop in New York City and he takes the um, paper thingy, I don't know what they're called, and he just swallows it and he's like, right, okay, let's, let's, let's shoot off. And he immediately starts tripping balls and it's brilliant to watch and he, he's like convinced there are like loads of birds on the roof and he can hear all the sounds from far away this guy gets in the car and drive, starts drive, you know being driven through new york city and he does a voiceover and he's like i i did not want to get in that car i regret getting in that car because he like apparently going you know going through new york city or stripping is apparently scary and i can imagine why and he gets to madison square garden and he goes inside and they get a press pass and a press pass is, you know, you wear it around your neck and you, it means you can go wherever you want and record everything, take pictures of everything, do what you want. I, I, I dream of having one. And he gets in and it's a dog show. It's like a very, very big dog show. There's loads of people walking around with their dogs. He's got a press pass so he can go right down and he just starts interviewing everybody. And it's so funny. He starts he puts the microphone down to this lady who is straight up asleep like she's napping like she's gone right just sat up in this chair and he puts the mic up to her and he's like hey can i ask you a few questions and then she wakes up and she's like the fuck the fuck and then immediately he's like yeah when she sees the camera and the guy went up in the bleachers and starts looking at all the lights on the ceiling and you can just see him in a different world i always looking in the comments of this video and this guy just makes this like comment that has thousands of likes and i read it and it basically says one time he was tripping on acid and he's hiking through the hills and he was saying how he came across this dog just running around and he was like oh my god a dog hello friend and he just gets down and he's like hello and he starts talking to the dog and then its owners come by and it's like oh of course yeah they just caught me playing with their fucking dog he starts talking to the owners and they're super nice and in that moment of them you know talking to him he comes to this realization that whatever happens in his life whatever anyone says to him any situation anything and anyone who meet he meets he is going to be friendly towards he's going to give them joy and happiness because he encountered this such a meaningful experience of this couple that he never met again he'd never met before and it was so brief and so pure and a moment of sincere love and he channels this and he writes this beautiful thing on this youtube comment section and it just really really struck me as something that to me is the meaning of life the meaning of life for me and i feel for a lot of other people is as simple as two words, love and happiness. I feel like anything you gather, anything you materialize, say a Porsche 911, a mansion, 50 million in the bank, a wife, children, a hobby, any of these things are for either joy, happiness, or for love. These are both kind of the same thing, in my opinion. Love is happiness, so if you you know, for example, I saw a lovely bird today in the park, and that made me happy. 
but it also gave me a love for, you know, the creature. And they're very, very similar things. These experiences are incredibly um, psychedelic in a way and spiritual in a more broad sense, right? And I feel like, for me, something that's incredibly spiritual personally is the act of dreaming. I tend to have a load of dreams and some of them are fucking lovely. You know, some of them is like having a picnic with my girlfriend or winning the lottery or owning a medieval longsword, you know, that kind of good stuff. And then you have some dreams, which, for example, the other night I had an absolutely fucking horrific dream, which was basically that all of my past bad actions, any crime I've committed, anything, a bad thing I've said to someone, it all came back to haunt me and the police suddenly knew everything. And I got like an alert on my phone that they were coming for me. And my phone suddenly stopped working. No laptop, no telephone, no one, no communication. And I was just sat in my house waiting for my life to basically end. And I was waiting for the police to come and just take me away for life. And I woke up just completely shaken and it set off my... It just set off a day of absolutely horrific anxiety. And it, it, I couldn't go into uni for the day because I was just crippled by it. And it it sort of triggered a panic attack in my sleep. And when that happens, you don't have the same ability of self-regulation as you do when you're awake. And it can like you can fall deeper and deeper into it and your body can get more and more convinced with a dream. But on the other hand, dreams for me are fucking great because they're kind of they're spiritual awakenings in a similar sense to something like LSD in a way that they allow you to fully open your brain and you're not in control for like the only time of the day and right and isn't isn't that basically what hallucinogenics are you're not in control anymore and everything else is just being thrown at you you can't filter things out it's not as if those things weren't there for example tripping or dreams they're always happening in your brain, but you 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 subconsciously filter them out. And you it's the confirmation bias like we were talking about in the last episode. It's anything that you believe your brain will confirm for you, and anything you don't believe, your brain will find ways to deny it and find evidence that's against it. Even if it's not true or even if it is true, it doesn't matter. Now, I thought what would be fun, um, because now we've got the meaning of life part out of the way, I guess. I thought um, we could go through some of my dreams because I used to write them down. I have a book in the corner of my bedroom full of my old dreams. And I have I, I, I have quite a few. And I thought I'd like to read some out to you because I always found them quite interesting. I don't remember any of them. So I thought I could, I could read them out for like the first time in years. So here we go. I had a dream where I was by Tower Bridge. And it went up, but it was like a tenth of the size that it normally is, and it was in a field. After observing this, my cameras got lost. All of my cameras just suddenly got lost. Then I searched the place, and the security guard told me that the ground is sinking, and I couldn't find my cameras. Then I found a woman that had them. She'd stolen them from me. So I beat the living shit out of her. 
Then I found a paedophile and I texted a video of him to the Irish policeman that I'd met earlier that day. And that's it. That is the 8th of May. <laughs> there you go. Now, this next one is a little bit longer, and this is one of my favourites I've ever recorded. There is a war with Hitler against a group of people that are different in some way. Hitler used to fight our group, but he got tired of it. So he sent in the head demon lady to kill us all herself. We had a big fight in a, a big square in a city with thunder and black skies. In the end, she was fended off by a caretaker with a broomstick. The head demon was about eight foot tall and with two curled spikes coming out of her head, just above the ears. She wore black robes and she moved very swiftly. After this fight, we all got away safely. After some time, she has caught us all again and released us into the woods. We, we are all stood at least five meters apart and she shoots a gun for all of us to run and we have five minutes to run before she captures and slaughters us. I run the opposite way to everyone, out of the woods, and I come across a group of men in the same race as me. The same fleeing, the same running from this demon lady. We're all on the bridge over a river trying to run away, but we decide to try and hide under the bridge knowing that the demon lady will go over the bridge and look for us over there. I was the first to adventure and I went down onto the narrow mud banks just below the river and as I'm crawling under the bridge the mud turns into concrete and it only is only like half a meter wide and I'm like, I'm almost falling in to the river. It was a struggle to climb the narrow steps um, on my hands and knees, but we kept going under the bridge, parallel to the river. I began to notice that the platform under me was slowly like rising, even though we were still under the bridge. It absolutely terrifies me, and I warn for everyone else to stay back. The ground under my feet and the platform I'm on starts rising faster and faster and faster and I shut my eyes and I hope for safety. Then I open my eyes. I am rising upwards at an unknown speed. With buildings and fire escapes to my left, I'm out of the forest and I'm in a city. After the lift stops, I roll onto a rooftop and just collapse. There, we all see a building on the rooftop, empty. A lovely residence for refuge and safety. We live there for a few days. After a few days, we get hungry. So I decided to go, go out looking for some food and some water. However, as I reached the bottom of the lift, I was this time situated in the centre of New York City. As I materialise on the street, an eight foot tall, dark figure is standing there waiting for me. Everyone else is oblivious to her presence, only I can see her. That was the moment when that stalemate turned into a fight. She began to shoot a blood-red beam of electricity at me, and I retaliate with a blue thunderstorm directed at her. We were in a stalemate for quite some time with our powers equal until I send a pulse towards the yellow taxi cab, sending it off through and straight through the back of the demon's torso. She dissipates. I am now sat on a bus stop, looking down at the city. 
noticing all of the overfed birds sat sleeping on the bus stop roof. I'm looking for people I know when I see a blonde girl, who I don't recognise, but I feel a need to follow. A deep part of me knows that I know her, but I can't put a name to it. I follow her for about half an hour or so until we reach, re until we reach a train station. Without walking up to the barriers, without any tickets, I confidently walk up to the ticket officer and I just send a clean blue zap down the back of his spine and he opens the barrier for me. I've been on the train for a few hours now and as it is navigating its way through the mountains and rivers, all the way into the forests, I've been in the same carriage as this blonde girl, just us two. And I'm sitting next to her making a small talk, trying to get to know her and see where I know her from. And that is when my dad walks in and he looks at me in the carriage. I'm surprised to find out when he tells me that this is his daughter. And I jump up and hug him. I then tell him all about the head demon and where I'm living on that rooftop in New York. And I beg him to find us some food and deliver it to my home on the rooftop. The final scene. I have been captured. I'm laying in a massive room with like heat levels not unlike a sauna. There are families of pigs sleeping in the walls like bats, but I can't tell that these pigs are merely soldiers of the head demon. I slowly get up and begin to walk out as I notice one single pig run out of the exit. As I then walk out of this exit, I notice the pig is gone. Cautiously, I begin to walk along the industrial alleyway of New York City. As a lorry suddenly like comes in and pulls up in the alley, it stops right next to me, fully blacked out windows, and the door opens to reveal a large male pig in the driver's seat. Naturally, I begin to run. I run towards the main road and the lorry drives past me with text on the side that I could not understand. Fun fact, did you know that in dreams you can't read? And you also can't tell the time. I learnt this from uh, Tom Scott, who is, oh, I love Tom Scott so fucking much. He basically makes videos about, you know, stuff you didn't know and like funny, like not funny places, but like interesting places. And Matt Colbo did a fantastic um, like uh, parody video. Oh yeah, anyway, let me finish this dream. Two lines left. As I get to the road, I notice that every single resident of this entire city is now a pig. Now, I don't know if that was some, like, subliminal defund the police. I don't really want to support radical propaganda on my platform, but if anyone is listening, you feel free to defund the police. And on that note, that is all I have time for today because I am going to go make myself some dinner. Thank you very much for listening. If you do like this podcast, please make sure to check out The Midnight Gospel. It's this show on Netflix and it's an animated podcast and it's fucking beautiful. The first episode, literally about drugs and philosophy and a lot of the other episodes are very philosophical very spiritual and if you like this then you'll definitely like that it's like this but a shitload better so on that note good night <laughs>